0: Hello and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today, unfortunately, we have another Virtual Legality episode that is covering the topic of layoffs. Layoffs have been one of, if not the most important story of this first quarter of 2019 for the gaming industry. And yesterday was no exception as Electronic Arts wound up announcing that they were cutting roughly 350 jobs from their workforce. Uh, But one of the things that I wanted to focus on in this video and podcast uh, is the nature of the messaging that Electronic Arts did in connection with those layoffs, how that messaging has been perceived in various corners of the internet and those covering the gaming industry, and essentially how, even though Electronic Arts and Activision have taken similar steps this first quarter, how the perception of those two companies differs based on how they uh, messaged, how they delivered the message of this terrible news to the public and to their own people. Uh, And I really do think that there's a lot to dive into there uh, in respect of whether or not it makes sense for us to feel differently about these two companies based on what, what happened and what they said about what happened, or whether the actions at the end of the day really are basically the same and whether it all amounts to essentially public relations at the company level. And I think there's a lot of interesting things to take away from that, and to really look at how these two companies talked about what they did and why, and why, as human beings, we perceive the actions differently. And I think justifiably so, although whenever we talk about corporations, I think it's important to just kind of remember how they function, remember what their purposes are, uh, and remember that messaging is just another function of their marketing. And so, We maybe don't want to take a full amount of importance away from just what they say about what they do as much as what they actually do. But without further ado, let's take a look at the article that led me to discussing this topic. It's a Game Daily Biz article called Electronic Arts Lays Off 350 Employees in the Wake of Disastrous Earnings. Uh, this is another article by Amanda Farrow, who is the uh, editor in chief of Game Daily Biz. This is a website we've talked about on previous episodes of Virtual Legality. It's one that I like to peruse early in the morning uh, and on my lunch hour to really see a lot of the the business and law side of games. I highly recommend it if you're if you're listening to this on podcast or watching this video. It's a it's a good it's a good website to have in your bookmarks to check out for these kinds of things if you are interested in these topics. This article says. EA announced in a blog post, and we're going to get to that in just a second, that it would be laying off 350 of its 9,000 global employees. CEO Andrew Wilson took to EA's blog to provide a bit more transparency around why the publisher needed to make this important but very hard decision. This organizational restructuring will affect marketing, publishing, and operations in addition to EA ramping down its presence in Japan and Russia. The article goes on to say the round of layoffs isn't a surprise because EA's last earnings report had the publisher falling well short of their guidance, what they essentially were telling folks to expect from the revenues that they were going to make. uh, And they fell short of that by millions and millions of dollars. And so whenever that happens, it's anticipated that The company is going to take some steps, uh, whether or not they're directly related to that revenue shortfall or not, to at least look like they're doing something to improve their, their lot in life, their status for next year. Otherwise, their stock continues to take a hit. The analysts continue to say, hey, we don't know who's steering the ship. And so Electronic Arts was anticipated to make a change of some kind. And we see here a quote from their CEO, Andrew Wilson. In the face of this competition, we had significant challenges in quarter three and did not perform up to our expectations. We expect these challenges will continue to impact our performance in quarter four, which has led us to lower our full fiscal year net revenue guidance today. Uh, We won't see how far reaching EA's troubled year will be. Troubled year being an uh, editorial comment from the article uh, author itself will be until their quarter four, 2019 earnings call in early May. And if those dates confuse at all, it's because corporations don't have to have a fiscal year that matches the calendar year. So Electronic Arts' quarter four goes until the end of uh, March, I would imagine. Uh, I'm not familiar with their earnings uh, in detail, but in general, you really you really either end in December or March. Some companies end in June. I have a couple of clients that have a a fiscal year that kind of goes halfway through each year it tends to be more often done if there's going to be a significant impact of a holiday revenue generation and things of that nature where you want it positioned uh, in a certain way so that your year looks a certain way uh, on the uh, on the financials so electronic arts doesn't have a calendar fiscal year which is why we talk about quarter four being essentially right now um This says, these layoffs are hot on the heel of the worst 18 months for layoffs in recent memory. It goes over a number of the layoffs. I'm going to put a link to this article in the description so you can check out some more of the specifics here. I do recommend giving them a click because, like I said, this is a very good website for discussing these issues. But one of the things that jumped out at me while I was reading this was the following statement. Activision Blizzard may have set the standard for faceless corporate restructuring, but both EA and ArenaNet have approached their layoffs with a human face. ArenaNet also had uh, layoffs earlier this year. And it says, uh, in an email obtained by GameDaily, Wilson, Andrew Wilson, the CEO of EA, uh, addressed his staff with a heavy heart. We are a company full of great people working to do great things for our players, the email says. We work alongside friends and colleagues that are some of the most talented creators, innovators, experts, and leaders across our industry. We are also living in one of the most disruptive times that gaming has ever seen. New audiences, new games, new technologies, and new business models are fundamentally reshaping the world around us. The expectations of our players and our business at EA, as we look out across a changing world, it's clear that we must change with it. Again, a message delivered directly by the CEO to Electronic Arts staff that essentially says, look, we're steering this ship. We've seen some icebergs up ahead. We're going to have to change course. And that means that Uh, Some of you are not going to be with us as we change that course, and it it makes us sad that we have to do that, but it's something that needs to be done. Um, It is an empathetic statement. It is a statement that is uh, full of that kind of remorseness uh, that is called out in this article at Game Daily Biz, Uh, and it's one that even though you definitely don't feel good about having to pack your stuff in the box and leave the building, you do have certain notions of them uh, having reasons for what they're doing and, and for caring about the fact that they have to do it. There is, uh, again, that, that sadness that they have to take that action, at least as presented in messaging. Let's take a look at the blog post that Electronic Arts actually made to reveal this information to the public to see what they said in detail uh, about these layoffs. Today, we took some important steps as a company to address our challenges and prepare for the opportunities ahead. As we look across a changing world around us, it's clear that we must change with it. We're making deliberate moves to better deliver on our commitments, refine our organization, and meet the needs of our players. As part of this, we have made changes to our marketing and publishing organization, our operations teams, and we are ramping down our current presence in Japan and Russia as we focus on different ways to serve our players in those markets. In addition to organizational changes, we are deeply focused on increasing quality in our games and services. Great games will continue to be at the core of everything we do, and we are thinking differently about how to amaze and inspire our players. This is a difficult day. The changes we're making today will impact about 350 roles in our 9,000 person company. These are important, but very hard decisions, and we do not take them lightly. We are friends and colleagues at EA, we appreciate and value everyone's contributions, and we are doing everything we can to ensure we are looking after our people, help them through this period to find their next opportunity. This is our top priority, meaning it's our top priority to help their people through this transition because they did nothing wrong. And that's the thing about layoffs. That's the why they are so devastating and so sad for folks around the industry and in any industry where you have layoffs. Uh, I obviously uh, live and work in Michigan and have seen a lot of tumult and a lot of reorganization around the, the big three auto, uh, automotive manufacturers and uh, manufacturing in general. Uh, obviously, I've, I've lived in and around Detroit for a long period of time, a long period of my life. Uh, and so you do see those changes. You do see uh, things work out, things not work out. Uh, and it's always sad when somebody loses their job through no fault of their own. And that's essentially what the chief executive officer of Electronic Arts, Andrew Wilson, is saying here, is that this is a change in course. This is a change in strategy. Uh, to some extent, when these layoffs happen at this massive level, uh, it's understood that management uh, maybe made a wrong turn somewhere. Uh, if you have to change course and you have to fire 350 people chances are there was some kind of ramping up that was a mistake certainly ramping down japan and russia suggests that whatever presence they had in japan and russia didn't meet the expectations they had set for themselves didn't meet the strategy that was supposed to happen out there and so they're pulling it back they're paring it back some of that is going to be on management uh seeing the future is always hard uh, but to some extent that's why they get paid the big bucks is to try to predict what the industry is going to do, what their company needs to do along with it. Uh, And when you have these changes, they may well be necessary in the moment right now, uh, but maybe they weren't as necessary 12 months, 18 months, 24 months ago when different changes, different decisions could have been made. So even though this is a good empathetic statement, I do think it's one of those where, and I don't think Andrew Wilson tries to hide the ball here, doesn't try to shirk responsibility here, uh, but... It's understood when you have these massive changes that management is at least partly to blame. But overall, you can see what Electronic Arts has said here. There are changes in the industry. There are changes in the way that marketing is happening. There's changes in the way that business models are happening. Electronic Arts is at the forefront of the, the single-player-is-dead narrative, which, uh, if you follow me on social media or if you follow this channel, you know I think is uh, completely false insofar as you look at Sony, you look at some of the other companies that are making really grand single-player experiences and making money doing it, that uh, everything forevermore does not have to be games as a service is, is a good mantra to live by. But Electronic Arts has, in the past few years, really pushed into that games-as-a-service mode. Uh, And one of the things you're seeing is that uh, they need to change course in order to affect that as well as essentially lay off a lot of people that were doing a previous strategy. Certainly one thing that came out earlier this quarter uh, that didn't help uh, anything here in terms of the marketing uh, and uh, the, the analyst kind of positions that they talk about really changing and ramping down was the release of Apex Legends. I've got a video up on virtual legality, which you can check out, that talks about exactly how Apex Legends was marketed. Uh, And functionally, what it wound up doing was essentially paying money and uh, giving benefits and uh, shipping people out uh, to play and view and preview Apex Legends that had an influencer status, that really were the creme de la creme, the top of the top of Twitch and YouTube gaming and Facebook gaming and some other folks, uh, and have them be essentially the ambassadors of their brand in a a way that is not what we would think of as traditional marketing. Uh, And when you don't have that kind of same traditional marketing and you have the massive, massive, massive release success that Apex Legends did at the board level, at the chief executive officer level, at the chief operating officer level, You start to evaluate where your dollars are being spent, how that money is being spent, and try to come up with good ways to do it. And so that launch undoubtedly happened in the midst of really planning this reorganization. And I have no doubt that it influenced the decisions they made yesterday and will influence the decisions they make in the future, whether at the end of this fiscal year or in the next fiscal year. Influencers are here, uh, and they're going to have a big impact on exactly how these companies are structured and what they do. And that, I think, is part of the story in the Activision layoffs as well. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to make this video is because you look at what EA has described here in terms of reorganization to focus on increasing quality in our games, to ramp down essentially what one might consider the ancillary activities to the actual game making, which is the sales of the game, which is the telling people, the communications about the game. Uh, And Electronic Arts is, is cutting a lot of those roles. And that's exactly what activision blizzard did let's take a look at a variety article from when the activision blizzard layoffs happened Uh, and this one is by uh, brian crescenti uh, who has been around the industry for a long long time i've been reading his stuff uh, for uh, as he traversed a number of different websites throughout his career Uh, blizzard hit with 209 layoffs as part of activision blizzard restructuring this is part of the larger layoff that happened activision laid off almost 800 people Uh, And we see here in the article, more than a quarter of the roughly 800 people expected to be laid off from Activision Blizzard as a part of its sweeping reorganization worked in the Blizzard side of the company. Those 209 Blizzard layoffs hit in cities uh, around the country, uh, including California's Irvine, Santa Monica, and Burbank, as well as New York City, Austin, Texas, and Bloomington, Minnesota. This was a wide-ranging, heavy-felt set of layoffs said last month, Activision Blizzard announced it was laying off about 8% of its workforce of about 9,900 as it refocuses its efforts on core properties like Call of Duty, Overwatch, Warcraft, Hearthstone, and Diablo. Activision called the mass layoffs a deprioritizing of initiatives that didn't meet expectations. CEO Bobby Kotick said the cuts would come from the support staff while the company consolidates its commercial operations and reorganizes its marketing initiatives. Activision will be instead investing more in live services, battle.net, esports, and advertising efforts. The company will fund this greater investment by deprioritizing initiatives that are not meeting expectations and reducing certain non-development and administrative-related cross, uh, costs across the business. While we performed well in these some areas of our business in 2018 and continued to make progress in mobile advertising and esports, we ultimately did not meet our own nor our community's expectations for content and delivery and growth. These are all statements from an Activision spokesperson, not exactly the chief executive officer of the company. Uh, The the first statement that we read was from Bobby Kotick, who is the CEO. And we're going to go and look at exactly what he said on the earnings call in respect of these layoffs and the changes that were happening at Activision. But I think even before we look at the exact detail of what Bobby Kotick said, it's, it's important to kind of analyze what Activision did in respect to their layoffs. They're saying very much the same thing that Electronic Arts is saying. We need to eliminate some ancillary folks. We need to consolidate and focus on the creation of business uh, and on the development of our video games. And we need to do it by, unfortunately, laying off a bunch of people. But that, unfortunately, that I just added in my statement is not an unfortunately that comes across particularly strongly in the statements we see from Activision Blizzard. And, in fact, this article in Variety was in response to the fact that Activision Blizzard issued a Warn Act notice, essentially a notice that it was going to be reducing a substantial amount of its workforce. And to comply with the law, they needed to essentially inform the the companies and the folks that were going to be laid off of this in order to be compliant with both California law and federal law. Uh, If you have an interest in that topic, Warn Act stuff, I did a number of quotes in Variety and some other places on uh, especially the failure to give a Warn Act notice in respect of the telltale layoffs uh, that happened late last year. Um, So please do check that out. Uh, There's some really good articles about that as well as about what happens when a video game developer goes under in general uh, that I was a part of in those articles. And uh, I will try to uh, link that uh, article in a description uh, for bonus materials to this video and podcast. But they are saying substantively the same thing. And the lawyers in the room, like myself, would have a tendency to say they're saying exactly the same thing. Uh, It's just that one lacks kind of the more emotional and more empathetic Uh, standpoint of the electronic arts statement. But it's an important difference to note. Let's take a look at what Bobby Kotick actually said in his earnings call uh, in February of 2019. And this is from a website called seekingalpha.com that does a good job of transcribing these earning calls. This is essentially a uh, notification uh, set of uh, communications that accompany a company The delivery of financial statements to help answer questions to a company's major investors uh, and other questions that might have popped up as a result of the financial statements Uh, and so we see here uh, ceo bobby kotick is being uh giving his introduction on the earnings call in respect of the financial statements that are going to lead uh to to the layoffs and one of the things that activision blizzard had as a communications problem was that uh, their 2018 was very successful uh, as we see here from Bobby Kotick's introduction, he says, We once again achieved record results in 2018. We delivered record gap revenue and gap and non gap EPS for both fourth quarter and a year. For 2018, we generated record gap revenues across all three platforms, and both Activision and King achieved record segment financial results. Gap, in case you're not familiar, is the term for generally accepted accounting principles, uh, which essentially means just the way that accountants. Uh, have to make sure that a major company's books are kept uh, in certain ways. Principles, as you might suspect, are not exactly laws. They're not exactly rules. They're more like guidelines as to how uh, you have to uh, book certain revenues, certain expenses, and things of that nature. But if you're GAAP compliant, uh, that's, uh, that's how things are audited. That's how uh, records are kept uh, at the most fundamental level. Uh, the last statement that he makes here are while we had record performance in 2018, it didn't quite live up to our expectations. 2019 will require significant change to enable us to achieve our long-term goals and objectives. We're making changes to enable our development teams to create better content for our biggest franchises more quickly. Across our key franchises, we're adding development talent to ensure our teams can deliver exactly what our fans have come to expect from our games, a consistent flow of compelling content but we need to refocus our efforts so that our development and production resources are better aligned with our priorities. We are reducing, or eliminating, investment in games and initiatives that weren't living up to player expectations, or our leadership teams have determined may not live up to player expectations in the future. To drive improved execution and to fund development investment, we will, in certain parts of the business, reduce complexity and duplication in our back-office functions, consolidate certain commercial operations and revamp our consumer marketing capabilities to reflect our continued migration to a largely digital network. Now, one of the things you learn pretty quickly in communication of any kind, whether you're a lawyer, a businessman, something else, uh, is that you have to know your audience. So one thing I am absolutely willing to give a benefit of the doubt on these statements uh, is in respect to the audience here. These are institutional investors that participate in innumerable amounts of earnings calls and have heard everything uh, from here to Sunday. And so this is designed in particular with that kind of calculated language to talk about exactly what's going on for the benefit of these investors and to try to calm the waters of what they are starting to see at this point in time is the negative press response to these massive layoffs. So when we take a look at these statements, we can note that they are relatively cold sounding, relatively calculated. They don't really talk about the people as people. They talk about them as cost drivers in the corporation, which may be an acceptable way to really talk about the decisions that are being made on an earnings call. Where Activision Blizzard really suffered here is that they didn't make the same kind of statement at all that Electronic Arts made in their blog post yesterday. So that blog post, the audience was us. The audience was the public. It was designed to essentially respond to the kind of issues that Activision had when they made their layoffs last month. And EA could see that reaction. They were smart enough to look at it and say, hey, that's not the way we want our company thought of. It's not the way we want to be treated in the media. And so we are going to get out in front of this before we have a kind of investor-focused Uh, earnings call that talks about the way these decisions are made on a kind of numbers basis. We're going to talk about these people as people. And yeah, GameDays Daily Biz says they got access to an email that Andrew Wilson made. Chances are EA helped them get that access. That's the kind of thing that EA would want out there. That's the kind of thing that makes EA look better, not worse. Uh, And so it is the kind of statement that uh, a wise company makes in order to look like they are being empathetic to their employees' plight. It is, however, not substantively different than what Activision Blizzard said uh, in this statement. Activision Blizzard says we're reducing or eliminating investment in games that weren't living up to player expectations in order to put that money in games that players like. We want to drive improved execution and to fund development investment. We want to put more money in games. But we will, in certain parts of the business, reduce complexity and duplication in our back, back office functions. What uh, a lot of the European companies tend to call redundancy uh, is the you know the the, the fancy uh, way of uh, talking about corporate changes, corporate restructuring, to not really talk about the people and the jobs lost. They want to reduce complexity and duplication in our back office functions. And I'm a lawyer, and even I can say, hey, that sounds pretty cold. Consolidate certain commercial operations and revamp our consumer marketing capabilities to reflect our continued migration to a largely digital network. It's a lot of words to say we're going to move people around and we're going to lay off folks. Uh, And I think that Activision Blizzard really did miss its chance, miss its opportunity to control the narrative, to discuss the narrative in public in a way that talked about the people that were losing their jobs as people. And I think that's a misstep both from a corporate perspective, from a corporate strategy perspective, if I were in their C-level suite, but also just in general. Uh, you know, you don't want to buy products, you don't wanna buy services from a corporation that's soulless and just after your money. Even though we're watching or, or giving these virtual legality episodes and, and you're watching or you're listening, uh, and you know from watching these episodes that that's the way corporations under law function is the, the officers are fiduciaries for their investors' money. And they have to try to invest it as as properly as possible. And if they see that a direction that they're going means they're going to lose money and that it would make them money, it would would make their company more solvent, it would make their future brighter if they changed course and laid off 350 or laid off 800 people, you make that decision because you have to as a fiduciary of the investor's funds. But part of that job is also to understand the seriousness of the decisions that you're making. And to project that seriousness out into public, people feel better about the Electronic Arts layoffs than they do about the Activision layoffs, at least in the press. Uh, And I think that's largely a function of the messaging that was done. Uh, And I think that's interesting uh, because I don't think there is a substantive difference between what actually happened at Electronic Arts and what happened at Activision Blizzard, except for the scale of... The, the layoff. Obviously, Activision Blizzard firing 800 people is different than Electronic Arts firing 350, uh, but in either case, it's a lot of people, uh, and I do think that it's worth examining exactly why we feel the way we do about certain statements, because at the end of the day, Electronic Arts didn't do anything differently other than let an email leak and put a blog post up that said how sorry they were about the actions they were taking. And to me, as a guy that interacts with corporations a lot, that interacts with these contracts, that interacts with uh, how business is done, I look at that and say, well, end of the day, the actions are still the same. Management still made the same mistakes uh, that uh, Activision did, regardless of how badly they feel about it. It doesn't change the notion, the status of the folks at the end of the day that are being walked out of the building with their stuff in a box. On the other hand... I do think it says something about a company's culture that they are actually willing to take the step to go out in public and essentially say this was a mistake, that when you talk about the seriousness of what happened, that obviously management, obviously the company didn't want to have to do this. They went in a direction that they shouldn't have gone, and now they're course-correcting. Uh, and I think Activision Blizzard was a little bit more sensitive to that, What didn't want that notion to be out in public that mistakes were made, that management could be blamed for anything uh, in respect of the way the company actually uh, was operated in the period before the layoffs. And I think that's why you do get lines like the line in the Game Daily Biz article that says Activision Blizzard may have set the standard for faceless corporate restructuring. Um, it's an interesting point because when I first read this article— My initial gut reaction as a corporate lawyer is to say, no, that's not fair because they essentially did the same thing and the messaging doesn't really matter. But the messaging does matter, and it's certainly something that could be improved, uh, both internally and externally. I do think it's important that EA had an email to its staff that expresses this sorrow of the actions that are being taken. We don't really have evidence that Activision didn't have a similar communication to their folks, uh, but we don't have any evidence that they did either. Uh, And so when you have an article like this that finishes off by saying the piece that matters the most is the people, it's heartening to see longstanding companies like EA and ArenaNet expressing remorse and a desire to do right by the people affected by management's decisions, it's difficult for me to argue against the point. I think we do need to step back and not necessarily let ourselves be uh, so altered by what amounts to corporate messaging and public relations and marketing of the company as a whole Uh, But I do think it's worthwhile to note that EA felt that it was worthwhile to do it all, whereas Activision didn't. The last thing I'll say on that particular topic is I think it is worth noting that Electronic Arts went second and Activision went first. A lot of the times you can see corporations kind of respond to the difficulties uh, that their brethren get into uh, when when they're observing them from afar. And I think it is undoubtedly the case that Electronic Arts observed how Activision was treated, how the news of their layoffs was treated in February, and was able to say, all right, we need a plan to try to help steer the ship during this announcement. And what it came out with was a very simple, very personal-sounding blog post uh, to essentially reveal the information to the public. And I think it worked. I think it worked for them. I think uh, Electronic Arts uh, looks better than Activision Blizzard did, uh, but I think it should be a matter of degree and not of uh, equality. The, the final thing I want to say in this video that doesn't really talk about messaging uh, is just a final note as to really, you know, why this is happening right now. And I just wanted to flag a tweet that I actually made yesterday for you uh, that says, truly sad news. This is about the electronic arts layoffs. But expect more of this as publishers weaponize influencers. Hard to justify hundreds of marketing and analytics folks if the same money can go much further in the hands of Ninja at all. Hard but not impossible. Let's hope they find a balance. It's a new world. And that tweet really is my communication really as to what I'm seeing in the business of the industry. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier in this video about the money that was spent on Apex Legends, about the money that was spent moving influencers around. We are living in a new world order in respective marketing, really all pop culture, but it's really being felt right now in the video game landscape. And I think that that Apex Legends launch that may otherwise go go under the rug that you might not think about in the long term, is one of the fundamentally most important things that has happened in the gaming industry this year. Uh, That launching a game like that, really shadow-dropping it without additional journalistic previews, without any real oversight from the the journalistic side of the games industry, and essentially just setting up a game with all of these influencers, these folks that operate on Twitch and on YouTube gaming and on Facebook, etc. is going to be the wave of the future for a very specific kind of game. And certainly these game publishers are going to try to see where the boundaries are for the success of this kind of marketing for other types of games. So as that happens, you are going to see shifts in what the role of a video game marketer is, what data analytics is, what back office support for these publishers is, how much you can get away with in terms of offloading that to folks that just make Twitch streams. And that's going to be a continuing item, an area of interest for the video game industry, and it is one of the reasons that we are seeing these consolidations, these reorganizations, these changes in the landscape of the publishers. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why it happened to two of the biggest publishers almost simultaneously. It'll be interesting to see if Ubisoft or Sony or Microsoft or anyone else makes a similar kind of step, especially in respect to their back office, their their marketing, their administration, their operations. Uh, if we see that, I think then the writing is on the wall for a completely Uh, new shift in the way games are marketed now and in the future. But that's really what I wanted to say about this. Messaging is continually an interesting uh, topic for me. It's one of the things that I deal with a lot in my business and in helping my clients work through difficult issues, how to communicate them, how to communicate their own issues externally with contract partners and the like. And I do think that tone and message is very important in any number of areas of uh, business and of your personal life. In all honesty, I think a lot of things can be fixed with the right tone in an email and a lot of things can be made worse with, that, with the wrong tone in that same email. And so it is something that I would ask that you all to uh, kind of think about because uh, messaging is so important uh, and it is one of those areas uh, where you can get really tripped up. But that's Virtual Legality for today. If you like this video, please do like. Please subscribe. Please like it on any podcast service that you're listening to it on or give it a review. Uh, I do this a lot. I have a lot of these videos that talk about the video game industry, information technology, and services. Uh, Please do leave me a comment. Please share this video around. Share the podcast around. I love having that engagement on this video uh, and on my social media. You can follow me on Twitter and on various other places. But that's today's episode. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you're listening to it on a podcast service, thank you so very much for listening. I will catch you on the next episode of Virtual Legality.